Welcome back to Marathon Swim Stories. I had to prod International Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame honoree Liz Fry several times before she finally agreed to be our guest on Marathon Swim Stories. What a treat it was to hear her tell tales from her nearly two decade long career. At 60, Liz is the oldest person to complete the Ocean 7 and the only person to ever double all of the lakes four-day, 41-mile Scar Swim Challenge. That's right, 82 miles in four days. Liz is incredibly humble about her accomplishments while quietly motivating marathon swimmers the world over with her achievements and her words of encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, let's talk to Liz. Liz. All right, let's say let's hear it. <laughs> Tell us your story. How did you start swimming? How'd you get into marathons? Things like that. All righty, I guess. Um, <laughs> so um, I grew up in New York City. Um, as you, many of you can tell by my accent, it's a little New York. Um, but then we moved out to Long Island, in, to Long Beach, which is on the Atlantic Ocean. So when we got there, my Parents loved the beach. I had almost almost five siblings by then, not quite. One, one came later. And uh, so we all went down and learned to swim in the municipal pool in, in Long Beach. And um, for a long time, I was not tall enough to be in the pool by myself. Um, uh, so I'd have to go with my mom and then I finally got to join the swim team where my brother and sister was. So that was how I got started. Um, and I just love body surfing and stuff like that. So it was come out blue and that. And then, uh, let's see, I we moved to Westport in, when I was in the sixth grade. I joined the swim team there. And, uh, they had a very good age group team and swam, then swam to college. And then after that, um, like, like most people, you know, started working and, you know, I, I actually, um, and I'm older than most of these people on the phone, um, I didn't really think there was anything after college in terms of swimming. Um, and, and not that I wanted to swim, probably, because I was probably, like, ready to work and do the other stuff, but... Um, I think that when I came out, there was a big gap between college age and master swimming. I think you had to be 25 at that time. And so I really didn't think about it. And then um, I was lucky. I came back to Westport um, uh, for a few months before I w- moved into the city for a job and started swimming with the master's team there. And it was really there that like, I realized that swimming was a lifetime sport. I, I was literally in the, in the last lane, in the back of the last lane. Um, uh, and because it really, I mean, it's amazing how swimming is so um, aerobic. And I, I swam like three laps and I, I felt like I smelled, I, I smoked like three packs a day after having all that, that long break. And, um, but it was, you know, I was swimming in lanes where the guys were and gals were like in their 60s and 70s and eventually they threw me out of the lane but you know it was just a wonderful community and wonderful um it was very inspiring for me to see um you know people that you know kind of my age now um 
back then, swimming and competing and, and really um, making it part of their lifestyle. And that was, you know, before people talked about lifestyle. But, um, and then um, I got busy. I moved in the city, swam a couple times at St. Bart's, had a, I think it was like 20, 20 yards, three lanes, you know, and it, it was in the church. And then uh, really started working, got back into running, or got into running. And then it was really a job that started me really back in swimming, which was um, down in, Rich, in um, Baltimore. And I lived in Annapolis during the week and started swimming with a group down there. And they lived and died for the base swim every year. So it's, and Chris is on the call. He knows about the base swim. Um, so I, I swam the base swim and then that was in like 1999. And, and uh, they decided, a couple of them decided they wanted to do an English Channel Relay in 2001. And I'll back up a little because um, I, many of you don't know, my father's English, or was English, he's not alive anymore, but he was like a real Brit. And he used to tell us as kids, you know, we'd bring, you know, come home with these little ribbons and stuff. And he says, that's all great. But, you know, in his English accent, he said, you're really not a swimmer unless you swim the English Channel. And, you know, he would describe it. As, and so the truth is that back in sometime before I started graduate school, um, I looked into it and they sent me this, you know, this uh, mimeograph. And I know some of you guys are too young for mimeograph, but it was that smelly blue paper of, you know, the, the book and the application. And I looked at it and it was something like, and at the time I was, I, you know, probably a, barely a hundred pounds dripping wet. And it said that you had to be, almost sounded like the equivalent, or when I calculated it was in stones. So it was like 180 pounds to do this. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that kind of confidence to put on a hundred, you know, that much weight and still have a boyfriend and all that stuff. I just, you know, it just seemed like, like crazy. So I put that away. And so when I got the opportunity to swim this really, you know, and, and not being, a true Maryland person, you know, they accepted this, you know, Connecticut Yankee on the relay. So in 2001, we did the relay. It was a blast. Um, uh, three of us from the relay had, you know, went the three women, there was three women, three guys. We all um, had decided that, you know, we're going to come back and do um, the English Channel after that. So um, so that's when kind of everything starts. So I was 44 um, when I swam the English Channel. And like my running career, which I thought I would do New York Marathon and it'd be one and done. And then like 11 or 12 marathons later, um, swimming, I got the same hook into marathon swimming. So that's how it kind of started. And um, so in 2005, um, I uh, did the um, Catalina as a, as a, with uh, Marsha Cleveland and David Blank. And then uh, I had such a good time on my solo in 2003 that I, you know, at some point, you know, because I had heard about all the demons and things that you were going to face. And there, you know, you know if, if you ever see my video, you'll, most of you will probably start yelling at me too, because I'm like talking and, you know, 
like, because I'm thinking, you know, that's it. And then, uh, so in 2000, I had said, well, you know, I got to find those demons. So in 2007, uh, you know, I came back for a double and after, um, that was a bad swim. <laughs> um, but bad swim in terms of, you know, facing, not, not demons, but, you know, kind of feeling like near death, but that's another whole, that's a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> anyhow so so that's kind of how it started um and i so I, i've been really lucky to go to um some amazing places and meet you know people and a lot of the people i've met in dover when, when i was there um were people that said you got to come swim in my country you know whether it be mexico or um japan and and that's kind of how it wasn't necessarily so much for the swim, but saying, yeah, I really want to go to Japan and that it's always been on my bucket list. So now I know somebody and yeah, I can go swimming as well. But you know, that was like le the less of it than seeing a country that I never like couldn't figure out. I had to always hope my, I would get a work thing going over there because it was so expensive. So, you know, that's, I guess how it started. That's how it started. Yeah. Can you tell us some of the one one amazing place that you've been. <laughs> well, I have or to two. say, um, I really, really, really love Japan, but I, I did a whole different thing than what a lot of the marathon swimmers do. And I stayed in Toy on the other side, and um, a guy named Ichi was um, organized my swim, and my pilot was a famous um, sea urchin diver. And he had this massive boat and so you you know and those guys walk along the ocean you know picking up sea and it was just like and it was just we stayed in this place and penny poffy actually stayed in the same place and it's just so peaceful and you're so in um kind of in, embedded in the in in the community and and the ansan and really all their their traditions um you know and they know a swimmer when they see one because we have that tan on our back so um, that's one place. And then surprisingly, Lake Huron was absolutely stunning. And I, like, I would never think that the waters would be like this cobalt blue. And um, so, and then the people that, uh, the way that swim came about, they were um, basically, you know, you know, I put out a poster that said, you know, American swimmer wants to swim Lake Huron. And, you know, these people from uh, this area called Port Sandalac in, on the Michigan side, because I'm swimming from Michigan to uh, Canada, uh, to Ontario. Uh, you know, their, their reaction is kind of my reaction, you know, on an adventure. It's like, I don't know anything about this, but it sounds like it's going to be a hoot. <laughs> so, but it's going to be something they're going to talk about. Like, you know, so that's kind of like, so, and it was, it was just the, a wonderful group of people and, um, they just, you know, it was just a beautiful swim. So that's wonderful. Long, but beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about a swim that you're the most proud of? Um, I mean, in some ways that one, because it was, um, you know, it was really so self-organized from, 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 but, um, you know, this, you know, 
I, I think that, you know, anytime you go back after DNF, so having a, um, having attempted the two-way in 2007 to go back in, in uh, 2008 and go and be really, really close. You know, if I, I have asthma, so, you know, after 2007 and kind of getting that whole, probably what was later described as sipes and, and like pulmonary induced asthma, um, edema, um, you know, I think that it was in, in that first swim that I realized, geez, you know, we're not invincible. Like, like we can't just, you know, things can happen. And, and like, it gave me a whole different respect. And not that I had done a lot of swims at that point. I'd done a, done a, a one way of, of, of the channel. I had um, done the, um, cat, had done Catalina. So that was my, really my third big swim. And, um, I don't know that I realized that things could go terribly wrong. Um, and, you know, and I didn't realize it until I was on the boat. Um, so to go back in 2008, even though that was, you know, I was fairly close to Dover to land um, and I coughed and my, you know, my sister said, you're out um, because they weren't, were not going to, you know, have to see me go through that have to they didn't want to see me go through it and they didn't want to see it again um so i mean and i was really proud of that swim i mean it was a swim that was you know that started out with i think 15 boats and only three of us ended up landing in england and um and uh so uh so that was that was a you know a fun swim. I mean, I don't really notice that it's really crappy conditions. I just, um, you know, so it was a fun swim. And then, so I know everybody would expect a double crossing completion is, is my most, I, I, um, I like swimming joyfully. And I would say that um, my actual double crossing was not the one that was completed was not my most joyful swim. So. What was your most joyful swim? Um, I think, well, Lake Ontario was fun. Um, uh, it, it was, Lake, Lake Ontario was fun, be, mostly because I had made this connection with the folks in Canada. I, one of my clients um, was uh, Bank of Montreal, so I was spending a lot of time in Toronto every month. and. Um, and then I've gotten to know some of the people up there or that were like Marilyn Bell, Damasio, who, you know, is, is, is super famous. And she's got just an incredible family. Some of you that might have done Catalina might have met her daughter, Jody by now. She's, she does observing for Catalina. And just, I think that whenever I have a connection with people or the place, I think it becomes a, really exciting swim. Um, how did you lure your sister into being on your crew? <laughs> My sister is amazing. She is, um, she's always up for an adventure. So, I mean, and, and the fortunate thing for her is her husband's a pilot for Delta, he's the captain. So she basically can go anywhere. For free. It doesn't, it costs me a lot, but it, it can go basically anywhere for hardly any. And she, you know, her kids are, were older. Um, 
And she is someone that I've always just, you know, admired. She's, she's old, you know, she's 13 months older than me. She's not that much. And we were very close. And then, um, you know, she's out on the West Coast. So it's kind of when I get to see her is on, on I, you know, I, I recruit her for everything. I mean, she comes out on boats with Swim Across the Sound, which is an event that I run. And, you know, she's always up for some sort of venture. Um, she's done, I mean, she and her husband, her husband is amazing too, because the two of them, um, when I swam SCAR, um, all the times, you know, they were my kayaker, but on the double, they kayaked up and Peggy kayaked back with me and Peyton took another swimmer back down. So, you know, they, they did the double score as kayakers. So, you know, then, wow. you know, I, I think that they, and they love, by the way, it was the best thing they said ever is to going kayaking up those canyons and up Canyon Lake, it's a girl. Apache probably not so much, but um, you know, just those having that quiet six, you know, at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, having that quiet, tranquil. You know, they would tell me, to, you know, if I ask me if I could slap my hand a little bit quieter, <laughs> so it didn't disturb the, 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 you know, the pristine nature of the, these these swims. But anyhow, so she she's um, I trust her with my life, and I never argue. You know, if she, you know, if she says I'm out, I'm out. That's it. And that, that's something I would tell everybody is make sure you have someone on your crew that you just trust and say, if they call it, if, you know, you're disappointed. It doesn't mean you're not disappointed, but they're always right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, tell us what inspired the double scar. Wine. <laughs> a bet. Really, it's, a bet. It's, it's absolutely true <laughs> i had done god twice and i loved it it was and a, a, a peggy and peyton had bought a house down in um in phoenix uh you know in uh you know on, and she she's she likes the heat the the warmth and so during the winter they, they live in uh bremington washington but during the some winters especially because Peyton's flying so much. Um, he does uh, the Pacific Basin primarily. Um, not flying now, <laughs> but was flying. Um, so they got this house in Phoenix and um, completely gutted it. And it was actually when I was there, I was trying to find something to keep Pe Peggy busy during the winter while she was there because she wasn't a golfer, even though they were on a golf course. Um, so I was searching and I found this like PDF, you know, tear sheet on, on, on the scar swim. So I said, well, you know, I'll swim this, I'll come back in May and you know, whatever doesn't, doesn't get done on this, on, uh, come back and see the house. So that's what started the scar. Um, little did I know it'd be like full of iconic swimmers, you know, uh, that would be there that first year and um, and every year really it does you know bring some amazing swimmers and 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 people that are aspiring to do other stuff um, and so I done I, so I did it that year I came back and did it the second uh, uh, the second year because it just it gave me an opportunity to go see her um, and then on the so it was in the winter like maybe February I'm sitting you know, kind of thinking about it. 
and you know, your math just goes bad. You know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, let's see, could you do a double of this? And, um, and so I, you know, so what was a three hour, three and a half hour swim one way? I said, okay, so a double would be six hours. <laughs> so my math wasn't great. <laughs> So, um, and I hadn't, you know, so, and one of the problems, you know, we, you know, I was traveling a lot for work. So um, I thought it would be a good idea to like get me, you know, really focused on training. Well, really didn't work out that way. So I'm on the, you know, literally I'm on the plane and I'm actually like doing the math. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, so I was... And, and it was it was just so much fun, and um, you know when I met with Kent when I got there, uh, being a race director, you know my my goal is always like to figure out the the most safest way of doing it, and and something like that or something different, so you don't pull assets and things like that. So, you know that's how we decided that I would start. Well, I told him I would start like three three or four three and a half hours before at least on the first two, and then we'd figure out the best thing, approach for Apache. But it was really, you know, a glass of wine that drove that, 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 that email to Kent. And, you know, once, you know, you hit send, it's a little late, but he was like, his response was, I'm in. That's all he came back with. So, but it was fun. It was, it was, you know, it, it, I think it's like anything else you do. Um, if you can find that forever stroke that you can do, you know, and I know, know when I was running, there would be like all of a sudden I get home. I'm like, how did I get here? That was so, you know, it's that easy kind of. Uh, and so I think that was this one that definitely uh, I focused on. Running's never been like that for me, but I, I like the idea of it. <laughs> well, I found you have to get over five miles before you get there. You need those like high level of endorphins. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you? How's the pandemic been for you? Um, well, I mean, I, I think uh, like everybody else, I think you know, changes your lifestyle. Um, being the type, you know, being kind of uh, an introvert, you know, I, you know, socially, I haven't really suffered like I know many of my friends have and people have. Um, from a workout standpoint, um, uh, you know, having someone like Charlotte or having other people like put things together to help us through that um, was, you know, amazing and which I shared with a lot of people. And so in my area who um, really, uh, when we closed early, when we were in Connecticut, my town was um, kind of a, a ground zero for Connecticut. Um, one party, that's all it took. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I, we, we got swimming, I mean, earlier, well, earlier than, and, and swimming might be a loose term because sometimes even just putting your feet like back in like April in, in a lake or a pond, just like lifted your spirits, you know, even if you like did, said, okay, it's 50, 48, I'm going to do 10 strokes out and 10 strokes back and we're going to call it, you know, our first dip. And, and it was that kind of thing where it, it, at the beginning of when we started, it, it didn't take a lot to um, make 
make us all happy again, you know, in terms of, you know, things all moving. Now, Connecticut opened up about, I think two and a half weeks ago with, with some of, with the pools. I would say that normally in the summer, you know, come as soon as I'm outside, I don't go back to the pool until November anyhow. So unless it's like a crazy stormy day or something like that. Um, and so we swam them, swam up in the lakes. Um, I have Long Island Sound, which, which uh, is just a, a beautiful place to swim and uh, get a lot of, you know, so, um, you know, it, what was interesting is seeing people that swim in the pool in the wetsuits, which is great. I, I would put, post up, okay, you know, you know, mass, social distancing, and wetsuits welcome, you know, <laughs> kind of. Um, and it was great to see them because all of a sudden, it actually helped um, get people over the fear of swimming in open water, as well as getting a lot more participation, which was um, you know, something I always love to encourage. So. Can you tell us about the, um, the event that you run and how it got started? So um, the, the event that I run is called the Swimming Press of Sound. And I, you know, sadly had, I took over the event from Dave Parcells who, who um, had converted in, into an amateur event in 2002, had been part of the uh, pro series um, for, all, for, you know, for all the swimmers that used to come up. And I think the last one, they'd go to Atlantic City before, swim across the Sound. I think they'd end up after that in um, Magog. Um, but so it transitioned to an amateur um, swim, actually in 2003, I guess. And then in, Dave passed away in April of 2007. So for me, it was just, and, and we, can, we have a very uh, close Connecticut open water committee. We don't live close together, but we, we, we might train um, during, on the weekends um, to keep his kind of his candle alive. And so I, I said, I, I volunteered to help, you know, whatever they needed me to do, do envelopes and stuff. And, and at the time, the foundation itself was not really um, involved with the organization of the swim. Dave did, was a yellow, um, yellow pad kind of guy. And um, so I, I can't, so I, so the next thing I know, I'm, you know, I'm standing in front of 250 people, which you, you know, you know how much I <laughs> might like, um, but it's, uh, uh, and running the swim. So the swim raises money and we raise over $2 million a year for um, the swim itself is marquee event. We have other events um, that raises money to help uh, families, patients and their families in the community that are impacted by cancer. And um, it's close to me. My mom passed away of cancer. Um, so it's, um, it's really an important event um, for, for many people, I mean, well, well, I mean, unfortunately, cancer doesn't discriminate, you know, it, it hits everybody. So, um, so this year, um, we are back in really late, but by, by, by the third week of the pandemic, it became clear that, you know, we needed to look at the relays. So we canceled the relays pretty early. And what we, you know, what I said was, let's wait on the solos. 
Really, so the event usually can have anywhere from 150 to 250 swimmers, you know, um, all the boat captains are volunteers. So we typically have between 100 and 110 boats of volunteers because we have escort boats and then those escort boats have like a lane line of perimeter boats. Martha, sw Martha swam it. <laughs> Let's see who else swam it. Let's see. Oh, that might be it someday. <laughs> um, so, um, so, uh, we typically go over to Bridgeport, uh, go over to, um, Long Island and then they swim back to Connecticut. So Long Island's in New York for those, um, that don't know this geography. Geography challenge. On the other yeah. side of Long Island Sound. Um, and then you swim back and it's about a 15 and a half, we'll call it 25 K swim. So this year, right now, where we stand with the swim is, I think I have, uh, obviously all, we typically get a couple swimmers from Mexico. I talked to them months, you know, months ago. And nobody's traveling. Nobody, at that time, nobody was training. So I would say that we're relatively local. We have um, a swimmer from Vermont, a swimmer from Massachusetts. We have, um, I think, three or four swimmers from Connecticut and one from one from uh, Delaware. So it's relatively drivable, I think. So because the, the event typically is they come in on Thursday night, we have a big dinner, Friday they rest, we start, you know, early, we go across on the ferry at 6 a.m. Um, so this year, what we'll do is basically what we have is a contingency plan what I put in a few years ago, which is if we have real crap weather on Saturday, we don't get to swim, Monday is a contingency for the solo swimmers. So swimmers, because we, we have come August and even this past couple of weeks, I mean, we've had some crazy weather. And it's a shame when a swimmer doesn't get to complete their swim. So we wanted to um, have an uh, alternative date for the solos. So we'll swim from Captain's Cove, which is in Bridgeport, over going the other way, which we did two years ago. Um, and worked out really well. Tough current on the other side though. <laughs> um, hopefully our timing will be okay. So that's that one. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you get through hard parts of your swim? You know, um, I don't really talk, so, so when I started the, the and this is my only example, I, I'm kind of, I kind of go into a, complete blank out like like I you know the whistling whistling it's time to feed because I, I feed every hour I'm not a big feeder I, I'm a sinker a natural sinker so I hate to feed um, because I just struggle trying to tread water and um, so I remember at the start of this swim and I was super super tired going in we were not supposed to start on Friday we were going to wait until Monday and I worked all day and just a lot of, um, so to get ready with an hour, whatever, two hours to go to go swim a double crossing after being up for really days trying to get work done. Um, I was exhausted when I got there, but I started this swim and I was talking to myself. <laughs> you know, I was talking. I was like, so finally, like after three hours, I said, you have a choice right now to either get out or shut up. <laughs> I said, you have next, you have your next feed, your three hour feed is make that decision. And um, 
so uh and i was puking which i never never throw i mean like like something out of exorcist um as was the other uh, swimmer which was interesting we talked about it later that it must have been something with the conditions or whatever it was it was horrible like and uh so after three hours i said okay are you gonna shut up yeah okay and then i enjoyed the you know i kind of went into my thing so i really don't that that would be the toughest swim was those first three hours of that swim um it's not usually at the end i don't you know i don't really train with a lot of fluids and things like that. So I think my body does a little happy dance when it's actually getting something, you know, like water and, you know, goo and stuff like that. So, so. How do you, um, <laughs> how do you describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim? Um, you know, I, I think that, that, um, for me when I, I don't really get that excitement you know, kind of that, that feeling of, it's really about, okay, let's get back on the boat so we can go out and eat and, you know, and let's, I want to see my crew. I want to thank, you know, so I think, I don't really think about that. I just finished a swim. I think about, let's get back on the boat and give Peggy and, you know, Jeff or whoever's on the boat, uh, Debbie, a big hug for, and, and the captain and for getting me there. So I guess that's, a, I mean, I, it's it was fun on this last one with um in the north channel because um nor Donna was on the boat and she's a big sign she's posting up signs i'm like what okay, you know okay let me look at it with my good eye so i can read it and um she was um very uh she was great about like letting me know that it's coming it's coming it's coming and and once you hit Scotland water, you feel a little bit like it may come, <laughs> you know, because your body struggled and suffered. Um, so, it, uh, so I, I think it's just like let's let's go home, let's go eat. You know, I, I think I, I feel like a lot of my swims, I feel like um, I'm sensory deprived in terms of having a really good crunchy cookie of food, like real food. So that I'm I'm thinking probably thinking about the food. <laughs> And the, and, 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 and the cocktail. <laughs> it's gotten me too many as well. We probably shouldn't be published. Shouldn't, they probably think I'm a complete, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what's a swimmer that you've uh, uh, looked up to? This, I mean, like I said, when I started swimming, when I was back in the pool at 25, I was in the pool with these 60 and 70 year olds. I mean, I looked up to them. I mean, I, I really, I, I admire our whole community. I mean, from someone starting and taking their first swim. Um, I certainly, you know, um, have had, there's been so many pioneers and people that have been before us that have kind of set the stage. I think uh, in terms of one person, I don't know if there's just one person. I mean, Marilyn Bellas, you know, I, I know her, so I could see her story. Her story is very different than some of us that are, well, I'm gonna speak for myself, that are in their 60s swimming. Um, but there, I mean, there are just amazing swimmers out there that are doing these, we don't even know about what they're doing. They're doing these amazing swims um, in their hometowns and in, in these countries. And um, 
So I, w- I would say I'm, uh, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty inspired by our community. Yeah. I mean, it certainly has gotten me out of my shell and, and, and um, gotten me to meet and see people and, um, and uh, you know, I hope, hope and train with people and help them achieve their goals and, you know, help they, as they has helped, helped me achieve my goals. So. Yeah. I concur with that a lot. We are a little, oh, we're over time. But, uh, any last bits of us, of, um, tip? I made it. <laughs> Any last bits of advice for any aspiring marathon swimmers? Um, I think the best thing you can do is reach out and, you know, talk to people. Everybody's so willing to help. I mean, I talked to a lot of people when I did the, you know, people say, why, why do you need help? I'm like, you've done all these swims. Every swim is different. Every people have knowledge that they can share. Even if you don't even think it's, you might think it's really small, but when you share it, it's a, it's a, big thing because it does make a big big so I, I would say anybody to reach out I mean everybody wants to help everybody else be successful that's what the beauty of this community is mm-hmm. nobody, nobody everybody's hoping for success and whatever that is it might not even be at the finish line it might, might not even be the shore but just being present and being a part of, of, of something that's taking you out of your comfort zone yep yep I love that Thank you so much, Liz. It was awesome to talk to you today. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll be here on Thursday. And, oh, um, nice. Yeah. And I'm, glad I went, I'm glad I went ahead of her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All bye-bye. Right, bye. Have a good day. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.